Welcome to the Flow State Performance Podcast. Created for those committed to mastery and success. Coming to you from Manly, Australia, we break down the science and philosophy of optimal performance so you can unleash your potential. Hello, hello, this is Jira Taylor. The, uh, what am I? I'm the host of the Flow State Performance Podcast and uh, welcome to the show. Uh, today I'm bringing you a very short flow nugget. It's a 12-minute mini episode and I wanted to talk about stress and what goes on in our bodies and our brains when we uh, invoke the stress response and what we can do to become more relaxed and more balanced and ultimately become a higher evolved, a more evolved and, and a being of greater sophistication and higher performance. Um, it seems to me when I look around, you know, you see there's a whole load of human advancements. We've evolved in so many, many ways as a species. But when I think about humans and stress, about how sensitive we are, about, you know, I, it brings to mind pictures of images in my head of people just losing their shit in traffic or uh, people just getting yeah road rage or getting irate in the office. And, and I just think that's an area where we seem to have devolved or we seem to have gone backwards um, through the passage of time. And um, it fascinates me because I, I, I really have learned that um, how we, how we uh, react to stress really is a lot more controllable than you might think. Um, we can actually do a lot to control how we react to stress and we can therefore change our lives. We can change our physiology. We can change uh, the amount of stress hormones that we have flooding through our system. We can change the way we react to situations. And through that, we can change our behavior and we can just change the, the, the results that we get in life. Um, we can learn to create a more flowing life because if you're living in the stress response, if you're reacting, if you're judging, if you're flying off the handle at things that really are not a threat, then really you're, you're putting up a lot of obstacles to flow. You're not going to really live a, a, most, a more flowing life. And that's what, this, that's what this episode is really about. It's about giving you, empowering you with some knowledge about stress so you can learn to be more conscious of what is an appropriate threat um, in which, uh, to which to become stressed about and uh, so you can become aware and more conscious about what is an inappropriate threat and therefore, when perhaps the stress response is not the appropriate response, and when we can uh, therefore choose a more sophisticated response to that. So guys, um, I'm also running a, there's a Facebook group, which is going great. There's 150 people who have all committed to, uh, to dedicate their energy towards their personal meditation practice. And um, it's going great. If you want to join it, if you want to be part of this community of support, if you've thought about deepening your meditation practice, then you can join. It's a Facebook group and you can find it if you go to uh, flowstatecollective.com. And if you look at the right hand side, you'll find a button which is for the practice. Or if you're friends with me on Facebook, uh, you can uh, find the group, the, the practice, and you can ask to join through there. So guys, uh, enjoy this little mini flow nugget. Today, I wanted to talk to you about why we're killing ourselves as, as a species and how meditation and mindful living is a way out, is the solution. You see, we have two basic modes of being. We have two states that we can be in. We're either in a state of stress or in a state of relaxation. It's as simple as that. What we have in our culture is a wild imbalance. We have this growing sense, this perpetual state, this actual addiction to stress, busyness, and overwhelm. 
And it seems obvious to me, but not to enough people out there, that meditation, mindful living, training our awareness is the way out of this problem. As human beings, our two primary modes of being are called the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems. The sympathetic nervous system is also known as the rest and recover mode or the green mode. The parasympathetic nervous system is called fight or flight or the red mode. And we're either dominantly in red or green. Learning about our body's natural way of dealing with stress can really empower us to change the way that we choose to live. We can learn to be aware of when stress is an appropriate response and we can become aware of when it is an overblown and inappropriate response. We can even change the structure of our brains so that we become way more sophisticated in the way that we deal with stress. So the red mode is our basic survival tool. If we see a tiger, the red mode would kick in to provide the energy and focus for us to fight or flee. And if we're attacked, the red mode is activated and a cascade of neurological and physical changes would occur. In the brain, the hypothalamus sends a signal to the pituitary gland. And this releases biochemicals into the bloodstream that travel to the adrenal glands. These glands release stress hormones into the blood, including adrenaline and cortisol, which speed up our heart and respiration rates. In the body, blood is diverted away from our digestive organs to our muscles because we don't need to digest when we need to run away or fight. This is why we lose our appetite when we're stressed or nervous. So these stress hormones raise our heart rate and they mobilize energy to fight the perceived threat. Our breathing goes shallow and our muscles tense up. Our blood thickens to protect us if we're cut. And when we're really stressed, our bowels and our bladder loosen so we can be lighter, so we can run faster. Also, our vision would go from a wide peripheral vision to tunnel vision so that we can only see what we need to see. In our minds, the changes are just as profound. Our thinking becomes narrow and fear-based. We become hyper-aroused and hyper-vigilant. We become defensive, reactive, and judgmental. We cannot access creative solutions or analyze the situation clearly. In this red mist of fear and self-preservation, we're left with two options. We either fight or we flee. So in our modern life, we don't often run away from saber-toothed tigers, and it's not as though we face life or death situations every single day. But the stress response is all about the way we perceive threats. It's all about the way we see the world around us, rather than the actual threat itself. So our stresses are mainly caused by our way of viewing life. Where our ancestors might have encountered a stressful situation once or twice a week, we're faced with stressful situations daily in our jobs. We're faced with stressful situations in our relationships. We're faced with stress when we commute to work each day. We're faced with stress when we pick up the newspaper or watch the news. Eating spicy foods can cause stress. Thinking about emotional wounds or wallowing in self-doubt or living in a way that is not authentic or congruent to your values can evoke stress. It sounds almost crazy to say this, but in our society, stress has become an addiction. Stress has become something that has seeped into 
our everyday life, busyness, working 80-hour weeks, being a hustler, all these sort of things have become glorified to the point that we have this overstressed society. And on top of all of that, we have the real causes of stress. We have legitimate causes of stress. We have death. We have illness. We have natural disasters. We have terrible things that ha can happen in life. And the end result of all of this is that we end up being overstressed. We end up being in this perpetual state of stress. It's like we live in the emergency mode. But stress itself is not the problem. Stress is normal and it's useful. It helps us grow. It's a reliable indication from our nervous system that we need to change something. Living in stress is the problem. So what has begun as a healthy response designed for survival is being abused. Once the danger has passed or once we've taken appropriate action, we're supposed to switch stress off and restore balance to our system. And when we stay in this stress response out of habit or lack of awareness, we get sick and we get unhappy, we suffer. The result of chronic stress is chronically high levels of cortisol. And while a temporary spike in cortisol can actually sharpen our mental focus, continual elevated cortisol will lead to diminished mental abilities, decreased memory, and a depressed immune system. Living in the stress mode is like being in a state of emergency at all times. It will wear you down. As humans, our natural instinctive needs are for protection and for growth. The stress response, this red zone, is designed to protect us. And the relaxation response, or the green zone, is designed to allow us to grow, to recover, to restore. So our long-term health, our sustainable well-being, in fact, I believe the future of our species relies on us being able to use these two systems effectively. It relies on us being able to be in the stress response when we need to be in the stress response and to evoke the relaxation response when the perceived threat is no longer a threat. In the green mode, we put our defenses down. We take our armor off, we put our sword down, we slow down, we open up, we heal ourselves. We experience enthusiasm, vitality. We experience flow. We digest experience with open awareness and presence. We learn our lessons and we grow. We access our memory. We put in place strategies for the future. We interact with people with more empathy and connection. Muscular tension decreases. Serotonin and melatonin are released, increasing our sense of well-being and our instinctive natural rhythm is restored. Our heart rate goes down, our blood pressure goes down, our breathing becomes deeper, our immune system turns back on, tissue, cell repair, self-healing is restored, as is digestion. When we regularly access this mode, we get amazing physical and mental benefits. So what does all of this have to do with meditation? Well, meditation, stillness, immersion in nature, just being, this practice of awareness, this is how we restore balance to our system. Think about how natural this feels. Like when we see a child freaking out, throwing a tantrum, we feel called to tell the child, to advise the child to just sit quietly. When we feel overwhelmed and overworked, we feel inclined to give ourselves a day off. When we feel overwhelmed by choice and decisions, we feel inclined to take ourselves out and go for a walk in nature. This is natural, this is instinctive. 
This is us tuning in to our innate natural rhythms. And since the beginning of humanity, we have had this inner knowing that stillness and silence is such a profound part of us healing and growing and reaching our full potential as human beings. But until very recently, very little was known by science about the remarkable effects of how sitting in silence for a few minutes a day over a continued period of time could have such profound effects on our minds, our brains, and our bodies. Previously, this was the domain of mystics and hippies. And now science is coming to the party and proving beyond all reasonable doubt that sitting in silence, meditation, contemplation, awareness can have a profound effect on our mind, our bodies, our, our overall health. MRI scans are now showing that after eight weeks of mindfulness practice, the brain's fight or flight center, the amygdala, appears to shrink. This primal region of the brain is involved with the initiation of the body's response to stress. The amygdala is known as our alarm center. As the amygdala shrinks, the prefrontal cortex, which is associated with higher order brain functions, becomes thicker. The functional connectivity, i.e. the way that these areas of the brain interact, changes. The connection between the amygdala and the rest of the brain gets weaker, while the connections between the areas associated with attention and concentration get stronger. So in other words, we can literally change our brains so that we respond in a more intelligent way to perceived threats and risk in our life. Isn't that amazing? We can literally train ourselves to respond to life's twists and turns with more grace and elegance and intelligence. I find this mind-blowing. I find this empowering. I find this amazing. This is not metaphorical stuff. This is not fluffy, new age, wishful thinking. This is hard scientific fact. Through meditation, you are literally evolving yourself. You are literally transforming your brain. You're actually evolving as a human being. This is amazing stuff, isn't it? I invite you to think about this. I invite you to contemplate this. And I invite you to use this knowledge to transform your practice, to recommit to your practice of meditation, to share it with others, to spread this message, to empower yourself to go deeper into your meditation-based practice so that you can live a more compassionate, a more fulfilling, a more wonderful life. And for that reason, if you feel so called, please share this with anyone who you care deeply about. So guys, I hope you enjoyed that little mini flow nugget all about stress. And I hope it empowered you with a bit of wisdom, a bit of knowledge, a bit of inspiration to carve more relaxation time into your life. It's now 3 p.m. in Manly on a Wednesday afternoon. I finished my coaching calls at 1 p.m. And for the last two hours, I have done nothing. I have literally laid on the couch. I read a book. I put my feet up and I've done nothing. And I've been doing that a lot more recently and it's feeling wonderful. So I challenge you right now to have a look at your calendar. Have a look at your weekly calendar and, and just notice when there is an opportunity to carve some time for yourself. And I know if some of you are like, unlike me, maybe you've got three kids under five years old and you're thinking, Jiro doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Wait till you have kids, mate. Well, you're probably right. <laughs> but... <laughs> See when you can carve out some time for yourself. Maybe you can get up 10 minutes early. Maybe you can decide to trade out something in your life to trade in 
a time for pure relaxation. Maybe you can decide to, I don't know, skip that heavy weights gym workout that you're doing and instead go for a walk in a park. Notice in life, just become more aware of when you are in this red emergency stress response and when you could possibly replace that with a relaxation response because you really are giving yourself, your family, your loved ones, the universe, the world, humanity, the best possible gift because you really do, by living more in, in, in flow, by living more in this, in this relax, relaxation state, you really do give yourself the best chance of reaching your full potential as a human being. Cool, guys. Remember, join the practice. If you want inspiration, if you want knowledge, if you want to join a community of people who are all getting deeper into their meditation practice, um, find it um, on the Flow State Collective website. Until next time, guys, catch you later. Thanks for listening to the Flow State Performance Podcast. Check us out at www.flowstateperformance.com for more inspiration to unleash your potential. 